1: I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber. Live like a gazillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com/hypergig for details.
2: Yesterday on the skate floor diana ross upside down starts playing i can't not disco skate
3: no no no, you have to and my 13
2: year old skated up she goes oh god mom please stop please stop (laughs) you're so embarrassing me i'm like you're not even near me how am i embarrassing you she goes people know you're my mom you gotta you gotta when the upside down comes on you have to dance Yep.
3: yep you have to You have to, or or it's really a sin. I think it might be one of the cardinal sins. It is, it is
2: one of the top 10, I think. It's It's a a podcast podcast about podcasts about about podcasts. podcasts.
3: It is absolutely one of the top 10 cardinal sins. If Upside Down comes on and you do not dance, if you do not give it your all and get out there and shake your ass and do a full Diana. Now, that voice should be very recognizable to anyone that grew up in the 80s and 90s and drove around in the car listening to the radio, or maybe you made mixtapes of love songs when you were in junior high and high school like I did. If you were that person, then you totally recognize that that voice is none other than Delilah. Yeah. Delilah. And somehow, through the magic of having a podcast, I managed to get Delilah to talk to me. Yeah. Delilah has spoken to generations of listeners about life, love, heartbreak, and all of the things in between. Delilah personally got me through more than one breakup. Now, most of you know that Delilah isn't just a podcast host. She's a radio legend. An actual legend. She's been on the air since 1974, people giving advice to listeners who call her to talk through life's hardest moments. Fun fact, Delilah was actually the inspiration for Dr. Marsha Fieldstone in the movie Sleepless in Seattle. And that is why, to so many of us, Delilah feels like a familiar friend. She's really the blueprint for that classic soothing radio voice, but she's also someone who is so incredibly unique and passionate and just... Delilah is a badass, and I have to say that because she is so real and authentic, and she puts a ton of love and care into every single conversation she puts on the air. I could have stayed on the microphone with Delilah for hours. We talked about everything. I mean, I just opened my heart up to Delilah, like so many listeners have, but we also talked a little about how Delilah has found ways to adapt as podcasts have started taking over the landscape, and Delilah really is nothing if not totally, adaptable. You have been bringing comfort to people through the radio, through audio, for so many decades at this point. You've brought comfort to me through, I was counting, three breakups in high school (laughs) and college about 25 years ago. And... What is that like? What does it take to go on the radio night after night to bring comfort and advice to people?
2: Well, it's who I am. So whether you meet me at a grocery store or you meet me at a skating rink or you meet me on the radio, you you meet the same person. Uh, I've met a lot of people in our industry who are completely somebody else off the air You know what I mean? There's, there's people that they're a persona on the air. They're a caricature. Right. Right. And that's, that's way too heavy of a burden to bear to try to pretend to be something I'm not. Mm -hmm. The only difference on the air Delilah and off the air Delilah is off the air Delilah swears.
3: I try not
2: to around my small children Mm -hmm. or my grandchildren, but you know, that's about it.
3: Do you know how much better it makes me feel that off-the-air Delilah swears? I'm so happy to hear that.
2: Off-the-air Delilah swears, and I have a five-year-old that imitates everything I do. Mm -hmm. So I try really, really hard to say,
3: (laughs) oh, gosh darn it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't win that battle every day. I don't. Yeah. Have you always been someone who wanted to comfort other people who wanted to It's not you know, even that
2: I want to. It truly Joe, it's not even that I want to. You just can't it's who help I it. am. Okay. Yeah, I'm pathetic. <laughs> you know, people call with all sorts of dilemmas. Some of them are funny. Some of them are just stupid. And you're like, really? How did you get yourself in this mess? <laughs> um, some of them are really annoying. Like, I slap my microphone so many times when I'm talking to people. I'm like, <laughs> you knucklehead! <laughs> when I was younger and I was just on one station, I was pretty crazy. And I would actually go to people's houses and do you know stuff to help I had one listener who became a friend she sang at one of my weddings who had a crisis with a chemical dependency and Mm -hmm. I went and picked her up and kept her kids for a few weeks while she went through a rehab and she's now 30 plus years clean and her kids are grown and have amazing careers and amazing lives That could have turned out really bad, but I was young and foolish and didn't even stop to think of the consequences.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear how your career in audio has evolved from just radio and now to podcasts. Tell me how you made this switch and how you've been so successful at it.
2: Well, it was really uh, necessitated by the marketplace. You know, people are have different listening habits and are consuming content differently. And so four years ago, five years ago, we started, you know, playing around with the idea of a podcast. And I would say, why would people listen to a podcast when they can just turn me on the radio? You know, and then I realized um, people are consuming content differently and at different times and so we said let's do this let's jump in and so we started our podcast love someone i guess it's been three three or four years now and because i get to talk to so many cool people for my radio show and most of what we talk about ends up on the cutting floor because you know i we don't talk more than three or four minutes
3: mm-hmm. you know
2: i just talked to michael boubla for what 29 minutes. So if only three or four of that gets to hit the air, that's kind of sad. And I didn't want to just talk to music artists, although I love my music artists. I wanted to talk to people who were using their gifts to try to make the world a better place.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We've had nurses on, we've had a lovely lady who is head of the Go Red for Women, the the Heart Foundation, oh, yeah. you know, talking about most heart. Attacks happen with women. We think of it as a, a guy thing. The truth is it's killing women. And nobody, you know, really talks about it. So we did a podcast about that. I did a podcast with a school teacher who teaches at-risk youth how to build wooden boats and has been able to help and bless and turn around the lives of so many at-risk youth by giving them their tribe oh. and giving them life skills. So he doesn't just teach how to use a chisel. He teaches how to use financial wisdom.
3: Oh, I love that.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Do you have a favorite episode of Love Someone with Delilah? Hmm. Chrissy
2: Metz So that I was fangirl geeking. <laughs> like I was, I was almost speechless with Chrissy Metz because I love her so much. So when you were a kid, you said this is your little girl grown-up dream when you were a kid. Um, yeah. School choir, church choir, where did you oh yeah, find
4: your voice yeah. to perform? Yeah, so I used to make little tapes on my boombox in my room. I was just like making up melodies and singing, but I was too afraid to share that with anybody. But music was always, you know, always singing. And then in middle school, when my mom couldn't afford a, an instrument for a band, and all the cool kids were in band, I, I was like, ah great and so choir obviously free and I could you know go and do that and so I really was like oh this is where I was supposed to be all along and then to learn how to sort of blend with many people's voices but also still have your own and it just sort of opened up something for me and then it wasn't until high school my senior year where I actually had enough courage to join or audition for the chamber choir which was a competitive choir, and we did state and all those things. And my uh, choir teacher, Miss Rollo, I'll never forget. She's so instrumental. She like really encouraged me to do a solo that year, and I was like, Oh my gosh, oh my god, this is this makes me so happy. And then she uh, nominated me to have a scholarship for a choral camp at the University of Florida, and that was like, Oh yeah, okay, no question.
2: And then we did one with Mercy Ships.
3: What is Mercy Ships?
2: Mercy Ships are converted cruise ships that are converted to hospitals that go to the poorest countries in the world. They take volunteers, so you can volunteer for two weeks or two months or a year. They take surgeons and doctors and nurses and they go to the poorest countries in the world and they provide medical services. And they set up clinics in those poor countries and they teach modern medicine So, when they pull out, when the ship pulls out, they leave behind information that they've taught. So, they empower the whole community. And I did a podcast with Mercy Ships, and I actually got to talk to the volunteers who had gone and worked for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years and how that changed the trajectory of their life. And that was. What an amazing podcast. I mean, I was sobbing through the whole thing.
3: I want to see if we can play a little bit of that for our audience, because that sounds beautiful. Oh my gosh. It
2: It was one of the most powerful things I've got to do professionally.
3: How long was
2: the stint that you did? How long did you volunteer for? Yeah, it was about seven
5: months. So it was long enough that I had to quit my job. I was going to say, tell me about Zambani. Yeah, he is the one patient from my time there that stands out the most. He arrived with a, I think it ended up being a 16 pound tumor on his face and he was so weak. He actually had to be carried for the whole journey. He lived, he lived way out in the boonies. Like there were no roads. They had his grandson carried him for two days just to get to a road so they could ride a bus to the ship. The surgery was risky um, just because the tumor was so huge and his body was so, so weak. So, you know, the doctor talks about, you know, this is kind of a life-threatening surgery. Are you sure you want to do this? And he said, like, I feel like I'm dead inside already from this tumor. It's worth the risk for me, and I want to get this tumor removed. And so he went in for surgery. I think it was, it was an all-day surgery, and he ended up needing 10 or 11 units of blood. It was amazing. I went out to dinner with some friends that night while he was having a surgery. And when I came back, I was walking up the steps into the ship and somebody yelled down the ramp at me, Marta, somebody's in surgery and he needs your blood. And I was like, what? Like they had run out of the units that they'd stored for him. And so they were asking all the other A-positive people to go um, donate their blood. And so... I I went down into the lab, and they drew it right away, and I mean, they didn't even put it on a cooler. They took it right into the OR and gave it to him, and um, when I went in for my shift, he was still sedated and on the ventilator, and I got to be the person to hold the mirror for him to see his face for the first time after that tumor was removed, and I just remember him laughing. Like, he looked, oh, so excited, and we were all crying. (laughs)
2: So we started doing our podcast that drops twice a month, which is long format. It's anywhere from twenty minutes to a half an hour, forty five minutes. And then last year, I was approached by iHeart that carries my syndication, and they said, people
3: want more. I'm like, I'm on five hours a day. You're on five hours a day. I mean, that's some that's what we have to have to say right here. You are there's so much Delilah on the radio. So when iHeart approached you and said, we want more Delilah, and you said, there's so much Delilah in the world.
2: (laughs) You really don't want more Delilah. You're like, do you really uh,
3: want more Delilah? How did you come up with the podcast for them? What did you what did you say you wanted to do?
2: Well, we decided, you know, we had several meetings with my producers and Craig, my business partner, and we talked about different ideas. And the first thing that they wanted was I do a feature called Delilah's Dilemma. Mm. And they said, just let's just redo a Delilah Dilemma, like mash two of them up every day. And I said, that's going to get really old, really fast.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: And we're going to run out of content after a while, because even though I've done 10,000 Delilah Dilemmas, I'm still going to run out of content.
3: Eventually. Yes.
2: Yeah. And and we want to keep it fresh. And so we noodled around a bunch of ideas. And Lisa Wells, who's been with me for over 21 years, said, you've got so many millions of phone calls that all the listeners heard was three minutes of them. And they missed a lot of the really juicy backstory. And she said, let's let's share those the longer calls, the more intimate calls, the more detailed calls. And so she took the helm and she produced like five or six. And she said, what do you think of this? And then I just dropped some simple lines in that they, you know, wove in. And so we're trying to do mashups that are themed. So, you know, two or three calls from somebody who's struggling with the breakup or two or three calls from somebody who's overcoming an addiction or whatever. So there's kind of a little theme in each podcast, but not a theme for the whole thing like there is with Love Someone.
3: And so this one is, Hey, It's Delilah, right?
2: Hey, It's Delilah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it drops daily. It's like an audio hug. If you need an audio hug, you can listen to Hey, It's Delilah. They're 10 or 15 minutes and they're a mashup of some of my best conversations or my best calls or, you know, sometimes I'll just go off on a tangent and I'll just talk about something in my heart. And you only hear those one time. If you happen to be listening at 8.55, you know, on a Tuesday night, you'll hear that conversation I had, but then it's gone. Right. Yeah. And if yeah. you missed it, you might've missed some wisdom that could apply to your life. And so, uh, Hey, it's Delilah. Are those, those conversations I have with my audience and then conversations with callers mashed together in, it's like a snack. It's not like a meal. It's like a snack. My <laughs> show is the meal, the full meal deal. You get the, full the songs. Yeah. But the uh, hey, it's Delilah's. This like is the
3: a- Amuse Bouche. Yeah. I think we all need an audio hug. I need an audio hug, and that's yeah. It's such a great way to describe it. I'm a, I'm a radio junkie. I've always loved listening to the radio. Me too. But it is gone, it's there and then it disappears. So there's something really nice about being able to hear something and share it with a friend, right? To be like, hey, you listen to this so we can share this experience. And I feel like now with Hey, it's Delilah, people can do that with your conversations. Yeah.
2: And, you know, you might hear something that strikes a note and you're like, oh, my gosh, I needed that today.
3: You never know. You never know what's going to resonate with someone. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's why I think it's great, despite the fact that there's a lot of issues that I have with the Internet. But it is great that we can reach more people on different mediums where they need us. Exactly. And that's really the
2: key, Joe, is when you you want to be relevant you have to be willing to kind of adjust to the different formats or the different platforms, I guess. And I know some people my age were like, no, I'm not gonna do that. They're gonna. Bet, 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 bet. Well, if you're gonna be set in your ways, guess what?
3: You're gonna miss out. And you're not gonna get to... <laughs> you're gonna,
2: you're gonna miss opportunities.
3: I mean, screw relevance. You're not gonna get to touch people and reach people. And that's why we do what we do.
2: So, Craig, my business partner, said to me many, many years ago. we were at a a radio conference and they were talking about, it was called the Gorilla in the Backyard. And they were talking about satellite radio and how terrestrial radio needed to pay attention because satellite radio was going to take over. And I said to him, if that happens, I'm under contract for terrestrial radio. And he said, Dee, you don't have to worry. People are always going to be hungry for content and you love to talk. (laughs) So you're never going to run out of content and it doesn't matter what platform we put you on, you're going to find a way to connect with people heart to heart. That's what I do. I'm a storyteller. I tell stories. I connect with people. And I remember thinking, why are we even having this conversation then about the gorilla in the backyard? Why doesn't everybody just go, there's going to be more ways to share our content?
3: Yeah, exactly. There's more places to talk now many, many, many more places.
2: There's more places to share content. There's more places to connect.
3: Do you listen to podcasts?
2: I do. I I like listening to mystery podcasts. Mostly I listen to podcasts with my daughters Mm -hmm. because I like staying connected to them. So when something is important to them, I want to hear what it is and hear mm-hmm. what it's about. And they're into murder mysteries, female murder mysteries. I'm like, oh, my God. Are you guys, like, plotting something that I need to know about? Like, <laughs> why are you obsessed with this?
3: Which ones have you guys listened to lately?
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dangerous Women was the one we were listening to yesterday.
3: Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of this.
2: Yeah. It's about Female serial killers.
3: Female serial killers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. Like... Murder Mystery Shows are the most popular podcasts. Yeah. People love them. What is next for you? I, I feel like you're constantly innovating.
2: Who knows? Like, <laughs> it hits me in the middle of the night, and I have to get up and get my phone and, and type in, you know, what I'm thinking about. We, a couple of people are wanting to do a Broadway show. Oh.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm very into that. Yes, Delilah, the Broadway show. I'll do yeah. I'll do anything, anything I can in the world to promote that. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, think of the
2: music and we can play. Think of the music!
3: Yes, the music and the costumes and the dance numbers. I love it. Yes, Delilah, the musical is a thing that has to happen. Like, that's in my heart now. It's lodged in my heart. This is a thing that I need to see in the world.
2: Yeah, there's just so much great, great, great music. And I've got to... Uh, you know, play so many amazing songs. I started on the air in 74. So I had disco dresses with matching little tights underneath.
3: And you've also gotten to talk to so many incredible musicians. So many, so many. Those are my only questions, Delilah. This made me so happy.
2: Well, thank you.
3: That's it. That's all we got for today's pod club. Now, of course, you need to listen to Delilah's podcasts. Both Love Someone, which airs weekly. And hey, it's Delilah, which you can hear daily. And if you've got a long car ride coming up, you can still find her on the radio. Almost 50 years on air. 50 people, 50 years. And she's not going anywhere. No, we're very lucky that we got to talk to Delilah. Delilah today. And who knows? Who knows what we're going to have next week so keep tuning in be good the pod club is hosted by me joe piazza our executive producers are me again and emily marinoff our producers are mary Dew and darby masters our associate producer is lauren phillip our theme and additional music was composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. And special thanks to Nikki Etour. He was just a wonderful human being who I like to thank at the end of episodes.